Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for the leaders in the Church of Christ. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm pleased to have your company. In the Christian Basics series, our last look at the Resurrection of Christ. Now, this may seem a strange question to ask, but I wonder if you've ever wished you had a different body from the one that you have now. Let me explain what I have in mind. Do you ever find your plans get frustrated because you become unwell? That's happened to me on many occasions, and I've often wished to have a body that never suffered in this way. Or perhaps as the years have gone by, you've discovered that you can no longer do the things you used to be able to do. Perhaps you've begun to suffer from things such as arthritis, which can be very painful. Or it may simply be that you don't have the strength you used to have, and relatively easy things have become much harder for you. Things like carrying the shopping or the ability to dig in the garden. My own daughter was born with a severe disability. Her body doesn't do what she would like it to do. She cannot speak verbally either, so she needs the help of someone else to support her with a communication device. One thing that is particularly hard for her is the fact that she cannot sing God's praises, and this causes her a lot of sadness and frustration. She longs to do the things that other young women of her own age take for granted, like meeting up with friends, going shopping or having coffee together. Still others may have lost their sight and long to know what a sunset looks like or the delicate colours in a flower. If only things could be different and our bodies did not have to suffer these kinds of things, wouldn't it be marvellous if we never had the need of doctors and hospitals and dentists and the like? How thankful we are that, in our present condition, there are those qualified to help us and bring us some relief, but it would be tremendous never to need such help. Wishes like this may all sound too far-fetched and different from reality, but in actual fact we would be quite wrong to think in that way because of what God's Word tells us. You'll recall that we've been thinking about the resurrection of Christ from the dead in our Christian Basics series. We've looked at the factual evidence for his resurrection and last time here on Serving Today we began to look at the benefits of it for those who follow Christ. Well, the resurrection of Jesus also has a profound significance for our bodies if we are among those who believe in him. There is a day coming when every Christian believer will be given a new body, a resurrection body, just like the one Jesus had a body without any of the frailties and weaknesses that are so common to us now. Indeed, a body that will never suffer and never die, a body that will never need to see a doctor or receive treatment from a hospital, a body that will be perfect. But I'm running ahead of myself a bit and that's understandable because this is such an exciting and thrilling benefit that will come to those who follow Christ. What we need to do now is consider some of the Bible's teaching about these marvellous truths. With the help of Dr John Hall again, and when Derek French spoke with John for us, he asked him to tell us how the resurrection of Christ 
will affect the believer physically and how this future and assured hope should influence our lives now. When Christ returns, we Christians will have a resurrection body like Christ's. It will be physical, eternal, perfect. We truly have a glorious hope because of that. Well, let's read about that resurrection body in Philippians chapter 3, 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. It's very important that we understand what's going to happen to us in the future. If we die before Christ returns, our bodies go to the grave, and we, if we're Christians, go to be with Christ. And then when he returns, body and soul are reunited, and we shall have a body like his glorious body. If we are living when Christ returns, our bodies will be transformed to be like his glorious body. And there is great joy and hope in this for us now. It's something which is going to sustain us through this life, as 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5 indicates. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. It's a wonderful hope, isn't it? It is indeed, and he describes it as a living hope. Because Jesus is risen and gone to heaven to prepare a place for us and will return for us, he's living, our hope is placed in someone who's living and has actually achieved what we long for. He's in heaven like a great anchor, to the soul, drawing all his people heavenwards, living to give us security, living to represent us in heaven, living to guarantee us a place in God's presence in the world to come. Now, believer, maybe your life is hard at the present time. You're perhaps suffering persecution. Well, this hope should keep you going. Remember, glory soon awaits you. A world where you will see Christ and you will be like him, with no more trouble there. Maybe pain and weakness and sorrow surrounds you at this time. Death is all around all of us, and life is often sad and tough. Keep going, believer. In the world to come, to those who overcome, there's a world of joy. No more sorrow, no more sickness, no more death there. It's worth reaching. It's worth looking forward to. It's worth letting it cause you to rejoice even in the midst of current trials. A living hope to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Anybody who owns a house knows how quickly the paint spoils. The house begins to decay. The decorations fade. But heaven's not like that. It won't spoil, won't fade. Its glory is perfect and kept for us. And we're kept for that day to guarantee that we'll inherit all that God has promised us in Christ. Why should we believe that we shall reach there? Well, God's power shields us, keeps us, even to that day, so that we shall receive 
that coming salvation. I was going to say, John, it's a tremendous foundation for us, isn't it? It is indeed. And it's something which enables us to suffer cheerfully. Paul and Silas, when they'd been beaten and cast into jail in Philippi, were singing hymns. They weren't grumbling because they knew that they'd been saved and were looking forward to that glorious life to come with Christ. Knowing Christ now is a great joy, but part of that joy is knowing that this world is temporary and that we shall soon be with him, which is far better. This great future which is promised to the Christian believer in the Bible is truly wonderful. Indeed, this is such a glorious subject that we have to return to it later on in this series on Christian basics. But it also raises another important area for our consideration. Namely, what does the future hold for those who fail to become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ? I put this to John Hall, and this is what he shared with me. If you're not a believer, what hope have you in your life? In this life, you're almost certain to have trouble and sadness like the rest of us. But what's going to happen to you when you die? The Bible says if you're not a believer, all you can look forward to is judgment and hell. And hell is far worse than anything you could ever experience or conceive of in this world. And you need to ponder that, because the resurrection of Christ means this for you if you're not a believer, that Christ lives and has been appointed as your judge. There's no escape from him. If you'd been called to go to court, accused of murder, and you died, the court would have no power over you. You would have escaped. Or you'd been called to go to court, and the judge and the state that was going to judge you were swept away in a revolution. There'd be no one to judge you. But neither you nor Jesus will ever eternally die. Jesus lives forever as your judge, and you will have to face him. And you will be condemned unless you believe. Condemned to an eternity in hell, which is most terrible. But that's what Paul says when he preaches to the Athenians in Acts chapter 17, verse 34. He says this, For the God who made you has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. How do you know, you may ask, that Jesus is going to be the judge? But Paul goes on to tell them, he has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Jesus lives. Jesus will call you to account. He will judge you. And so you need to do now what he commands. He says that now is the time to repent. He commands all men everywhere to repent. That includes you. You need to turn from your sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have any questions concerning this, please write and tell us. I was thinking there, John, how how solemn this is and therefore how urgent it is that people who've never turned to the Lord do so today without fail. It is urgent. You never know how much longer you're going to live. You never know whether you'll hear this gospel again. Your radio may be crackling. You may have had difficulty hearing it. You may have just tuned in for the first time. And the God of heaven has spoken to you through his word. And the time now is for you to turn and to seek Christ and to trust Christ. But finally, if you're a Christian, really rejoice over the fact that the Lord Jesus lives. 
It shows that this Christian gospel is absolutely and objectively true, that the work of Jesus Christ really saves and that he truly is the only saviour and he alone lives to save. As the Apostle Peter said in Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And that's true. We Christians must see that, see the glory of our gospel and the truth of it and the sufficiency of it to save sinners the world over. And so we must speak out. We must tell our neighbours, our friends, people worldwide that our Lord Jesus is a saviour who lives. We must tell out this good news of his death and resurrection, of life and forgiveness and salvation. We must tell them and we must urge them to believe and live. The saviour lives and he gives life, eternal life, to those who come to him. Be sure that you've come to him and then tell others about it. Well, thank you for being with us here on Serving Today. And until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye, and may God bless you. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at Serving Today GBM or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio Thanks for listening and goodbye